Hello, and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast, brought to you by Women Connect and Support. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am a people and resource connector, and I am passionate about helping women and men that have struggled with infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. I am here to share stories, those powerful stories of loss, but those stories will always inspire others and give them hope and to help them know that they are not alone in this journey. We will also share resources, and that's exactly what we will have today. We will share resources that can help you through the difficult time that you are going through. I want to connect and give you hope beyond the struggles and the grief. Welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today a guest, a woman that I had met a couple, oh gosh, I guess a year ago. Um, I'm really excited for her to share with you what she does um, for her job. She is with an organization called SHARE, and I met her about a year ago over in uh, Chesterfield, Missouri. They were doing a release of a film called Don't Talk About the Baby, I believe was the name of it. And I just met her and we connected, of course, right away and found out that we kind of are on similar paths to help women and men that are struggling with infertility and loss of a child. So welcome, Barb. Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad that we finally are able to record this episode. We actually recorded it once and it didn't turn out very well. So here we are recording (laughs) again. So hopefully our technology will work better today and we can get this message out to our listeners. So Barb, you work with an organization called SHARE and I just want you to share a little bit about what it is about, what that organization is about and what you do for them. Um, I'm very glad to be here. Um, I'm always pleased to talk about SHARE and the SHARE program and what that program offers to parents and families. Um, I actually am an employee at Anderson Hospital in the women, at the Women's Pavilion in the OB department. Um, and part of what I do, uh, part of my responsibilities uh, involve managing the SHARE program that we have. And it is the bereavement program for parents who lose their babies. So anyone who comes through our department and delivers their baby um, at any point in the pregnancy, uh, if the baby has already uh, passed away, um, occasionally, thank goodness, occasionally we will have uh, a term pregnancy, a stillbirth that happens. Um, Mother's very close to delivering and for unknown reasons, the baby dies in utero. Um, so, but regardless of the situation, SHARE is in place to be that support for these parents and families. So I manage that and um, do everything I can to meet parents at the time that they are in the hospital. And then my main responsibility is following them once they leave the hospital and just staying in touch with them and helping in any way that I can. Awesome. And where we met 
it was, am I correct in the name of the the film yeah. that mm-hmm. was released? Was, yes. Yeah. And is that a film that Cher put together or was that just a film that you guys that, chose to I support? Oh, goodness. I don't know if I remember who yeah. who did that. Um, Cher supported it. I mean, they, they promoted yeah. it, uh-huh. but I'm not sure that they were the actual ones doing it. Okay. Um, it was very long, as I remember, but it was also very thorough and very comprehensive in all the different ways that parents experience loss, uh, including infertility. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I'll uh, try to find that link to that, to share that mm-hmm. um, in the show notes right. so that people want to um, watch that. It was <laughs> a, it was lengthy. I remember it being an hour or so long, mm-hmm. but very impactful. It was. It was a it very, was. Right. did done very, very well. Yes. I agree. Yes. So how long have you been with Cher here at Anderson? Cher started their program in 2006. Um, so... A long time, actually, um, and we, one of our nurses, uh, unfortunately, lost her baby. And in her journey of grief, she found the National Share Organization, which now the the home office is in St. Charles, Missouri. But she found that that group and went to our director and said, "We need one of these chapters in our department." Mm-hmm. So they worked together, and we became a, a paying chapter of the National Share Organization. We call ourselves Share Anderson Hospital. We can use their name, we use their logo, and I receive literature for the, from them that they put out that is all helpful to parents and families. Um, but because we are a paying chapter, that is part of what we gain from being affiliated with them. There's chapters all over the country, uh, many in the Midwest, and it kind of you know sparses out as you go across the United States, but it is growing. And I know there's over a hundred chapters in the United States wow. and it actually is now an international organization. So wow. it's very, it's good. It's growing. That's, and I mean, I guess that's good, but. No, it yeah, is. It is it, good. Yeah. It is good because there are, we know that there is loss. There's lots yes. of a loss yes. and to have the support now for those um, couples Right. is tremendous right. because we know years ago there, there wasn't the support. There wasn't support. It was a taboo subject. You didn't talk about it. So very silent grief. And for many parents, it still is silent grief. But more and more parents are embracing their experience, sharing their stories, and as a result, helping one another because um, it's, it's empowering when parents can share their story. And in essence, I think their, their child's life makes a difference in how, through, through what they share. So, um, and how they touch other people. Um, so that makes that little one's life very important, very valid, purposeful, and gives parents purpose uh, when they feel like their whole world crashed in. Um, when they weren't ready, (laughs) not ready for that. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's huge. I, I am just thoroughly impressed with what Cher does. And, and I had no idea before I met you Mm -hmm. a year ago that Cher even existed, even Mm -hmm. though I had had miscarriages and loss and Mm -hmm. my daughters 
had had miscarriage okay. and loss. And I had no idea that it even existed. And so it's interesting to me that it was right here in my back door mm-hmm. or my backyard, mm-hmm. but was unaware of it. Right. So I know it's here at Anderson. So I assume SHARE is just affiliated with different hospitals all over the country? I think hospitals, but persons can start a SHARE group. They can affiliate, you know, just a, someone can affiliate with the organization and start a group oh. themselves. They don't have to be hospital-based. You know, I'm glad that we are because we have that support of the hospital, but um, you don't have to be affiliated with the hospital to start a SHARE group. You can start one. Um, and, um, and, uh, you know, again, I think our dues are $300 a year. So that again, gives you those things that I said, but, um, it's, it's growing. And I think more physicians are learning about it in a, you know, that's one place that if the doctors know, then they can tell their patients. So it's growing. It's just slow. You know, I, I think slow. that's, yeah. I think that's key to get the word out mm-hmm. to the physicians yeah. because they're obviously with the mom. Right. When she has that loss and to be able to refer and give information to share that resource with mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. would be tremendous. Right. Um, right. Of course here, if you deliver at Anderson, you get that information, but if you deliver anywhere else, you don't get that. So for Not the doctors to have that yes. information and, would and be huge. You know, I know our doctors know about what we do. I, you know, I can't speak for other places and I don't honestly don't know how the share organization, what, you know, what their efforts are in that regard. Mm-hmm. But um, there are, there are, there's a lot of chapters and Breeze has, Breeze, Illinois has a chapter um, and I know there's chapters in St. Louis and of course the national office has chapters. They have support groups out of their office. So in the St. Louis area, there are chapters available and you can go to, um, the national shear organization website and there's a link that's, you know, find a group near you and you just put in where you live wow. and it'll give you the closest one to where you are. So I think that's helpful, you know, for somebody that lives away yeah. from, you know, and they can maybe find someplace close. So, um, so tell us all what, um, share does when, um, someone has come into the hospital mm-hmm. and they have lost, um, a child at whatever mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of their pregnancy mm-hmm. Right. Um, what do you guys do or what do all the share have to offer them? Well, like I said, I, I work very hard to try to meet families. Um, first, they have to deliver their baby and the labor nurses are on the front lines of that, um, caring for this family. Um, and unfortunately, there's uh, some very uncomfortable decisions that have to be made and we can help the parents. Um talk about those decisions and help them make right decisions for themselves. Um, We work very hard to um, make the experience as easy and gentle as it can be, Um, trying to give moms and dads um, permission to make decisions when they do certain things and how they do it so they're, they're in control a little bit of what's happening. Um, we, 
work to create a lot of mementos for them. And certainly those, those do not take the place of the baby that they have lost. But um, once they're home and in the days and months and years ahead, those mementos become very precious. Mm -hmm. So we know they're important and work very hard for that to happen. Uh, we have a memory box. We try to do footprints and um, uh, for them in um, there are little blankets that we're given and buntings for the babies and Allison's Angel Gowns is a program that is um, probably well known by people. Um, Janet Scheller started this program in, for her child and they take wedding gowns and make burial gowns for babies. And so of all sizes, I mean, from little wraps for tiny, tiny ones to larger gowns for older children. Um, they are beautiful and her organization has um, been very impactful. Uh, I mean, she mails gowns all over the country. It, she, people know her organization and there are others that do the same thing, but Janet certainly has done an outstanding job in what she does and she provides us those. So again, those become mementos for the parents. Um, but my main responsibility is following up with parents once they go home. Okay. And I just, I reach out uh, with phone calls and letters initially um, as often, you know, as I can in the first month um, and commit to the parents to stay in touch with them over a two year period of time. Okay. That's the share guideline. And what they know is um, two years is kind of an average of intense grieving um, after the loss of a baby. So I think that's a very powerful statement. Um, two years is a long time. Mm -hmm. Intense is a very strong word yeah. um, that, that shows you the impact of the loss in, in the life. And it's, um, it's both parents, uh, but sometimes it seems like the moms carry a heavier weight of grief than maybe the dad, but we know that dads grieve and they grieve just like the mom does and, uh, they just show it in different ways. So, um, kind of one of the challenges is it in it for couples is, uh, communication and staying in touch where they each are. Mm -hmm. um, and I very quickly, um, I'm not a counselor, I'm a nurse, uh, and I, I am glad to talk to people and listen and tell them things that I have learned through the years uh, with parents, but I'm very quick to say, you need to talk to someone professionally. Okay. Uh, counseling is a good thing, and oftentimes just a few times with a counselor, someone that can really guide a couple to get a handle on their grief. Um, I, I'm quick to recommend it because it's important. And it's, it, this is a hard journey and it's a forever journey. Um, it doesn't go away. And I think parents think they're gonna quote unquote get over it or family members think the parents are gonna quote unquote get over it. And you don't. Never. Never. It, and unfortunately, that's the truth. You never 100%. I, 
I wish that was different because yeah. that doesn't that doesn't offer hope. And what I try to do is offer hope to couples. What does happen is learning how to take this life event and you have to learn how to live your life forward with that a part that being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. And there still can be joy and there still can be happiness. There still can be good outcomes with pregnancies for most people. Um, but that, that grief of loss is, is always there. So I think part of that is them blaming themselves. The woman has a tendency to blame herself for what has happened. And the majority of the time, they, there is no control over what happened. Sometimes the husband blames themselves. I just did a recording with someone that there was a little blame there that he felt like he didn't see the signs and didn't oh, get yeah. her mm-hmm. um, quick enough um, to the hospital. So that yeah. was their blame on him as well. Right. So I yeah. think that blame plays a big part of not, and I hate like you getting over, but, but getting, moving forward mm-hmm. with the grieving process, because that blame just keeps right, right. coming back at them yeah. and to, and to seek counseling for that, to help deal with and release right. that right. blame. I think, you know, with, with the, when you find out you're pregnant, I think mothers immediately take on that role of taking care of the baby. And when a loss happens, then they feel like they haven't taken care of the baby. Mm. And so it's what you're saying. They feel guilty. What did I do? What did I not do? What should I have done? You know, and there's most of the time there's nothing that could have prevented what happened. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's, we as women, we're carrying that child. Mm-hmm. We are the only one that can. Right. We feel control. Right. What right. happens? Mm-hmm. No one else can help. Right. With mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. us. Right. Right. And, and so there is a lot of guilt with it. Um, you know, I want to go back to what I, I'm kind of rethinking what I said about, you know, never getting over it. Um, that is, that is true. And I guess for whoever's listening today, maybe permission to never get over it. Maybe they need that permission that they feel like they have to get over it. And so I think that's an important point to make is that this is a forever part of your life. Your baby is forever a part of you and your family and um, choosing ways through the years to honor and remember that life helps you um, to find some peace in it. Um, But yeah, sometimes just permission for this to be as big a giant event as it is in an impactful event um, life-changing um, so yeah I want I wanted to correct that yeah. because I think um, it's 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 a negative statement but at the same time people need permission you know they do yeah yeah they do and I think you know and I think we when we talked prior to this I, I loved how you said it softens. Yes. As, as the years go right. on. Right. But there are things that trigger. Oh, always. That, that 
grief to come rushing, rushing back. Right. right. Um, and learning how to manage the triggers is one of the uh, challenges. Um, I do think grief softens. I've seen it happen in many families. I just, you know, when you see someone incapacitated with grief and as months go by, they're functioning and they're working and they're raising children or they're having another baby, you know, they're, they're um, surviving and they're moving forward. And so the grief is there, but it does soften. It's not, this, not as intense as it is in the beginning. Sure. And so there's hope in that. And I try to tell people that um, to just encourage them. It's not always going to feel this all-consuming. Um, and then help, I think part of what we try to do, especially through the support group, is for people to share ways that they do um, honor and remember their children that gives them a purpose, you know, gives a child. So talk a little bit. I don't think you even mentioned the support mm -hmm. groups. Okay, so we have a support group once a month. Uh, we meet on the fourth Tuesday night of each month. It, we're very small, maybe three, five, six, at the most, 10 people. One time I think we had 12, so I mean, but most of the time it's a very small group. Um, we have um, been able to start our groups back up at the hospital as of July, so that was a good thing. And it's just a couple of hours of parents sitting around the table and sharing their story. Um, I usually try to initially focus on what what's going on with you right now what do you need to talk about tonight it becomes a safe place for parents to grieve mm -hmm. if they don't feel like they can do that with their at home maybe around their other children or maybe with their family this is a place where they can cry they can um, vent they can uh, maybe just share their story and help someone else um, but our support group is a good thing. And I think people, that's one place you're going to be able to go and realize that you're not alone, that there's mm -hmm. other people that know how I feel. There's other people who've been where I am and look, they're a year down the road. They're four years down the road. Um, and I'm, I can do that too. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, hope, it's a hopeful situation, I think, when they can see that. And... Um, so yeah, we do, we're keeping our support group going. Uh, I love it when moms and dads come. Dads tend to kind of phase out and the moms keep coming. And we have some moms that come strictly to give back because of the support that they gave. They received at the time of their loss, they want to be that for some other parents. So they come. And I like that too. That's, that's a good thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And what you just said was that, you know, they can see that person that's two, three, four years yeah. down mm -hmm. the road mm -hmm. that that does give a lot of right. hope. That that's someone right. else is functioning, yes. <laughs> surviving, living, I exactly. think, some joy yes. after yes. all of that yes. heart-wrenching, horrible, tragic situation. Yes. Right. Um, when the when it's first so fresh, the grief is the the grief is so intense. I think when first happens, people have can't even think about functioning, right? You know, but to be able to well, see that and, and and talk to someone that has been through that, right, is huge. You know, I've had mothers more than one tell me, "I don't want to survive this." Mm. You know, I don't want it. This is so 
um, this is so awful, so tragic, so sad. So, I mean, fill in the blank. If, if this is you, what what's the emotion for you? Um, I don't want to survive this. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to pull the covers over my head and just don't bother me. And so to be able to say you're, you are going to survive um, and there's things in place to help you, you know, the first week when, when I send parents home from the hospital, I usually tell mothers this week, if you get out of bed, if you eat something every day, and if you take a shower every day, you're surviving. Mm. That's it. You know, and those things are huge at first, just to get out of bed, sure. you know, take a shower, eat something. Um, and I, I have heard from a mother. I'm so glad you told me that because it gave me a little bit, one, one thing that I could do, you know, a simple shower as hard as it was, you know, gave me a goal and I didn't have to try to do anything more than that that day. Well, that's good. You know, those first, those first couple of weeks are tough. And that is, I, I, I love that, that you yeah. give them those, those guidelines to help them just to function a little bit. Um, cause it's, um, it's not, it's not easy it for not sure. Easy. And to have right. those, those short, those yeah. small little things to function at the very beginning mm-hmm. is huge to make it. You know, I've had yeah. parents, I've had mothers too, that you kind of get the feeling that they're like, Hey, we can do this. We're going to go home. We can, we can just pick up and I'm going to go back to work in two weeks. Mm. And they get home and realize the, um, the magnitude of what has happened and realize it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. Um, and that's another reason I like to follow up in the first several weeks. Um, because maybe when they get home and things kind of really hit, um, emotionally, then they're more ready to talk. You know, honestly, there are many people that I reach out to and I don't hear, hear from, and that's okay. You know, um, I'll send cards or an email and I never hear back and that's okay. And I know that's okay because I have talked to parents who have said, thank you so much for everything you did to reach out to us. And I'm sorry we never responded, but it meant so much that you remembered mm-hmm. us and our baby. I keep doing it, you know, because I know it's important. Sure. And it's a share guideline, so I want to follow the guideline that is, you know, uh, suggested to us and encouraged for us to do. But I also know that from parents that it, it makes a difference. So, yeah, we'll keep doing that. <clears throat> well, and whether it's in this situation or any situation, I think... A lot of times people don't respond back to something that you've done, but down the road, you know, that response right. comes back. back. So it mm-hmm. is very important in yeah. any situation, really, right. but exactly. most importantly yeah. here mm-hmm. to reach mm-hmm. out. And I assume that you don't hear back from them because they've found support somewhere else. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, people have very strong family support. People have their faith and church support. Um uh, or, you know, some people um, em- embrace nature 
and get support that way. Um, many different kinds of support is out there. And so it's not just us, but I, I do make us available. And um, some many people do respond to it and need it. And I have met some amazing parents through the program mm -hmm. um, and have become friends with some of them. Sure. Know? So um, to see it and, and then have the joy of um, coming full circle with them and welcome their rainbow baby into oh. the, into their family. That makes, that's just a huge blessing for me, you know, to, to be able to share that with them as well. So, yeah. 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 To share that two significant um, life events. Life events. Yes, absolutely. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think sometimes um, on a previous episode, it was interesting that one of the the gal that had lost a child talked about the trauma of losing a child, and it's just not like with her. It was the first the trauma was finding out that the baby had died. Yes. And then delivering mm -hmm. that child. Yes. And then, in her case, going to a funeral yes. of that child. So yes. it's not like it's just one time. Exactly. Um, yes. Trauma yes. event. It's several back to back that make it so um, difficult. It is. And the, it is Pregnancy loss, loss of a baby, is considered a PTSD event. Mm. So what you're saying, you know, many times mothers might be in an appointment by themselves when mm -hmm. they get that news. Um, then, like you said, to deliver the baby. And, and sometimes the delivery is traumatic. And, um, but just, it's a very silent room or maybe tears being shed is what you hear sure. by everyone there sure. and um that's that's traumatic and then parents have you know you hear it i'm not supposed to be planning a funeral for mm -hmm. my child you know i'm not this is not supposed to be happening well that is true so true you know, so true right so um very it, it's um, another question I have is I know we've talked about this before, but I want you to share this with the audience. What you do within the hospital when a woman comes in and you know that she has lost the baby, okay. what do you do within the hospital? What's kind of your protocol to protect that family? Right. Um, parents, um, are admitted into the OB department and uh, some people wonder why we do that and the reason we do that is because that's the best place for these mothers. Our nurses are trained um, and are going to give the best care for these moms in this situation and um, but we use a room that is um, a little bit more isolated and um, we, there is a small card that we use that is placed on the door. And it actually is the share logo of hmm. empty, empty cradling arms. Um, but that is a, a symbol, a sign for all employees. 
to know what is taking place in that room. So it is not, um, well, I guess, um, the same as other rooms in our department. This is different. But dietary knows, housekeepers know, all the staff know. And even in the operating room back in, with, if people have to come in and have DNCs after an early loss, those rooms are marked in the same way. Oh. So that anesthesia staff, physicians, nurses, techs, everyone knows what that means. And I think that that is a fair thing, a right thing to do for these families. And um, so it's hospital-wide, and, and our staff is educated that way. Um, That's awesome. And, I mean, there's there's got to be nothing worse than to go into a patient's room in the OB and congratulate them. Right, exactly. And that's what we don't want to happen. So yeah. that's, so that's great. exactly yeah, the, right. The entire yeah. staff right. knows. And I think, you know, we make efforts. Um, one of the hardest things for parents is leaving the hospital. Um, empty arms. It's not supposed to be leaving the hospital with empty arms. And um, But we try to always escort them out, um, kind of make a way for them to so it is as gentle as possible. Um, that there's sometimes that we can't avoid those things, and um, but we try, you know, to do the best that we can do that way. Um, and um, I think then um, one of the things that we have adopted in our program is an annual uh, memorial event. Okay. So um, coming now in October, October is National Infant Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. Okay. President Reagan signed that into being many years ago. And so uh, the National Share Organization honors that month. Um, there's, I think, extra efforts in um, awareness during those weeks. They have a national, um, they have an annual event on the third Saturday of October. And ours, we adopted the first Saturday of October for ours. We call ours the Day of Remembrance. Um, the national office kind of has a walk um, affiliated with theirs, and it's more of a, um, what's the word I want? Um, it's, it's not like a 5K, but it's more of a, a awareness walk. They walk through the park. They okay. walk in groups okay. with their families and things. And we don't have a place here at Anderson that we can walk safely. So people were getting confused. We changed our name to be the uh, Day of Awareness on October 3rd. This year will be our event. And as with many things um, this year, things have to be different. So we can't host our event here at the hospital because we usually have about 175 people at our event. When you compare it, the national office, I read just this last week, they have about 3,000 people at their event. And that's the one over in St. That's the one Louis, in St. Charles. Charles. Yes. Wow. And you can, you can go to their webpage and look that up and participate in that. They do um, a name board for all the babies. Every baby's name is read, but you do have to register. And they do shirts, as we do. Um, so, uh, but our event is coming up, and uh, I have a September 1st deadline for our event for registering and getting names to me so that those babies can be included in our event this year. But um, anyone's welcome. It's open to the community. So it does, it does okay, it, so not, not just a not just our patients. Okay. That is correct. This can be for anybody. 
Okay. I just need to hear from them very okay. soon if they okay. want to participate. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The deadline's, and, deadline's coming up quick. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, if on your page, if you can put our my email address, I mean, that's sure. probably the best way for people to get me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not here every every day, so to call right. or anything would... Right. Email's the best. Email's yeah. the best. So yeah. you could respond yeah. right away to yeah. that. But that, that is great. I mean, and I know I came uh, last year for the Christmas yes. um, mm-hmm. event. I, I think I was out of town for the um, one in October. Okay. And so then in December, mm-hmm. I, I came and just an emotional time, but it was, it was beautiful. It you know? is. So... Talk about that event, and then if you have any other events that you do through the year. Okay. Um, well, both the October event and the Christmas event really are the main two things. We've done some things at Mother's Day. We did not do that this year. Um, but um, those, the, the October and December event, December 6th is um, a day that has been designated um and now I'm hesitating. The Angel of Hope statue um, represents, is, is a beautiful statue in place around our country for babies gone too soon. And um, December 6th, at all Angel of Hope statues, there is a candlelight program mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock on December 6th. So we adopted that as our Christmas event and meet, um, gather at the angel briefly. Usually weather is, um, it's cold, so we don't stay at the angel very long, but long enough to, uh, each baby's name is stated and, uh, you know, a few moments of just silence and we usually sing silent night and then we go inside and it becomes a family time, um, with some refreshments and usually a craft of some type is what we've done. So, I'm not sure what will happen with that this year. Um, I haven't gotten that far, but I'm glad yeah. you said something because I think we're going to have to look ahead and see how we how we change it this year, um, what the guidelines will be. But um, those two things are special for parents. I think um, they they look forward to those days. They become bittersweet days yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, there are tears, but usually people leave. I think feeling uplifted that they've done something special for their child. And that's what we hope, you know, can yeah. happen. So. It was beautiful. I just thought the whole thing, it was very short and mm-hmm. brief, but it was just a beautiful, right. I, I just felt really good, you know, good. Yeah. about it, you yeah. know, with all of the families and the candles and saying the baby's names and, Right. I, I don't know. It was just spiritual, well, spiritually it is, beautiful. It is. It's, it is a spiritual thing, um, I think. And, but I think bittersweet kind of, um, I, like, I mean, that word kind of states the reality of it, that there's tears and there's sadness, but there is a sweetness in remembering. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm glad that we can do that. Yeah. And I didn't remember that, that the angel of hope that there. I remember after you said it that there that same statue is all over all over the mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. and I guess really to have one right here it is huge. It is. That's when, cool. Back in 2014, I when I became began um, 
when I took over the program, parents told me then, we want awareness, we want to increase awareness, and we want an Angel of Hope statue in our area. Mm. So over a two-year period of time, parents and families donated about um, ten to fifteen thousand dollars through fundraising, mm-hmm. and then the Anderson uh, Women's Auxiliary, Anderson Auxiliary, it's not just women, the volunteers at mm-hmm. Anderson mm-hmm. Um, donated five thousand dollars toward our project, and we were able to purchase an Angel of Hope statue, and it is here at Anderson on uh, at outside one of the buildings um, beautifully landscaped i think it is a very peaceful setting even you know it's it's adjacent to the parking lot it's adjacent to a building but when you approach the angel it is a beautiful quiet peaceful setting Mm -hmm. and a place that anyone can visit at any time Um, but there's a story behind it. Um, Richard Paul Evans wrote a book called The Christmas Fox. It's a short, beautiful story, and it's a fiction story, but it talked about a statue that had been, um, that a mother visited every day, and it was for her daughter, and um, when people read the book, they were like, where's, where's this statue? Mm. And he found out that there really had been one, and had been destroyed, and through his efforts, had it recreated, and that's how the Angel of Hope statue wow. came about. So, um, started in Salt Lake City, Utah, and now they're all over the country. All over, yeah. Wow, yeah. So. it's a it's a beautiful statue. So, if anybody has the opportunity to visit the one here, or you know, yeah. I don't, I don't. Well, there's, they're all there's, over the place. There, there's two in Belleville. Um, okay, one at St. Elizabeth's, the old older St. Elizabeth Hospital. And I think there's one in a park in St. in, in Belleville. Oh, and then Breeze Hospital, that share group is also fundraising to put one in the Breeze Park. There's one in St. Charles. So I know those are the ones here in our immediate area. Okay. Yeah. Um, And you can look it up and find where the other ones are. I'm sure. I'm sure that Google. I think we were the hundred 58th or 159th statue in the country. Okay. So I'm sure, and that was in 16th. So I'm sure there's, there's plenty more now. They're, they're out yeah. there. So it's yeah. a beautiful statue. So yeah. if anybody has the opportunity, look that up or come by here um, to see that it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. I think that's great that, um, that the parents wanted that along with yes. the awareness. Yes. Um, is there anything that you can share um just to help the listeners with just more awareness. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the families and the parents, that's what they want is more awareness. Right. Awareness, mm-hmm. And those that are listening are probably the same, but there are people that haven't experienced loss at all. Right. You know, they right. just maybe know someone that has experienced mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. How can we as a community... Mm-hmm. Um, Continue the awareness. Um, Anything you can think of that? Well, we I can think do? that so much of it is up to parents who have the loss to be brave and share their story. Because mm. most of the time, when you share your story, you're going to find someone that says, "Oh my goodness, 
I had a loss and I've never had anybody to talk to about it. And so then you have that immediate connection with that person and you share your story and it helps you as you are grieving. It helps that person. And then that person might be brave to share their story. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think things like you're doing are great, you know, for people just to hear that, Hey, this does happen. It happens more than we think. One in four is the early loss. One in four, um, have experienced early pregnancy loss. Um, I think, um, if people, you know, see a statue, you know, you drive by it and, or, you know, even when we have our event and we can gather here, people, wow, what are they doing? You know, we do, we, we get shirts every year and our baby's names are on the back and people wear those out and about that's awareness that is helping people see, Hey, look at that. You know, um, look at all those babies names. Look at all those babies, you know, so many babies. Um, that's awareness. Um, I just being, being able to talk about it, you know, don't talk about the baby. Yes, yeah. do talk about yeah. the baby. <laughs> For sure, yeah. talk about yeah. the baby. Yeah. So when you just mentioned the event coming up, so the T-shirts are made for that? Yes. So if someone wants to help support that, they don't have to necessarily have a loss. They could just purchase a T-shirt? They can. can. they do that? They can. Okay. And um, if, if they will contact me through um, our my my email address. I can send you information. Everything is electronic this year. So, uh, I can give them the site to order a shirt. Okay. If they have a child's name that they want to add, you know, we will do that. Awesome. Um, I just have a deadline. That's September the only September 1st. 1st. Right. Okay. Right. So we can, we can get that deadline, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if we don't hit it this year, you know, if somebody's listening to this recording, you know, later this year or whatever, right. you'll be doing right. it again next year. We should. I think so. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. This has yeah. been going on long enough that yeah. it will continue. I mean, and it should continue. Yes. We've had an event, a memorial event since 2006, every year. Yeah. So I don't think it'll stop. Yeah. No. And what's interesting to me is, you know, I didn't know anything about it until a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been here all this time. Right right here and, and it, I just and, right and it tends to be um you know our patients that we have taken care of and I get that but it's growing I get people who find me online through the National Share Organization uh-huh. so it is growing and um you know it's I wish it I wish maybe we had done better job at getting the word out but we are for the patients that we are aware of we, you're know, doing a great is, job. Yeah. You guys are right. doing a great job with those that right. that are here for right. sure. And all we can do is the awareness and get right. it pushed out further mm-hmm. than right mm-hmm. here right. at the hospital. And you're right. That's exactly what what the podcast is about mm-hmm. is is awareness and mm-hmm. women and men mm-hmm. helping each other yes. uh, through right. the difficult times. Um, and sharing their story. And Mm -hmm. you've said that multiple times, how important it is to share your story. Mm -hmm. It helps with the grieving, uh, your grieving, and it helps with someone else's grieving alongside of that. Absolutely. Um, 
I think the infertility part of loss um, complicates it even more. Um, and unfortunately, people who've experienced loss seem to have also had the complication of infertility. Mm. I wish that it, I mean, that's compound grief to me. That's, um, I wish that wasn't true, but it is true. And, uh, but there's so many things now um, with fertility, um, infertility help um, that's becoming more and more accessible for people. Sure. Um, it's all a good thing. Um, and, um, but it's the same thing to talk about it um, because infertility, I think you tend to feel very alone. You know, sure. very alone. And um, it's a unique grief all in itself. But. Yeah, because I think even women that have never had a child have had infertility still go through a grief of oh. never experiencing that. Yes. There's a grief Absolutely. right along with that. Right, right. There is. You there know, is. Of, yeah. of not having, mm-hmm. ever having mm-hmm. that child. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, that's a, it, it's, it's all there. It's for, all for any, any situation. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think for women, we are just, I, I've talked to a woman just recently and it's like, a, in her eyes, the purpose for a woman is to give life mm-hmm. to another mm-hmm. human being. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot do that, what is your purpose? And so they mm-hmm. struggle with that mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. that I have no purpose. Right. In, right. In, in this world, because my purpose as a woman is to to give life to another mm-hmm. human being. Mm-hmm. And so that's hard. It's very that, hard. That, yeah. You know, we yeah. have to help those women through that, that there right. is purpose in their life. Right. Well, I think we're kind of programmed, you know, you're going to grow up and you're going to have your we own are. baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't always happen. No. Um, but, um, and it's the same. I think it's more and more talked about. And it's more and more okay to talk about, mm-hmm. um, and not so much the taboo subject that it used to be. So. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to conclude because okay. we talked for a while. We could probably talk really for hours <laughs> well, <laughs> about all this, but yeah. we don't have that kind of time. Okay. And so I'm just going to throw it back to you. If there's anything that we haven't touched on that you think would be beneficial um, to the listeners, um, any other resources that you can share? Mm-hmm. You did talk about the mementos and stuff like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that you have, right. um, you know, anything that you can share that would be beneficial to a listener that isn't connected here with you to help them? Well, I think there's, there's a lot of online support. Okay. I know through the National Share Organization, you can go to their webpage. There's a lot of articles that they post that are wonderful um, and they archive them. So they're always there and they're always adding to them. Um, If you Google infant pregnancy loss, you will be flooded with literature and books and there's things for kids or your children. Um, But there's poetry, music. I mean, it's there. There's a lot of support. Um, We have a private Facebook page um, that we have started with our parents, but I know there are Facebook pages out there for, for oh, loss, would, you know, yeah, so. that you, you know, independent of our group. So 
and I think infertility probably the same. The National Share Office has a chat chat group chat room on the second and fourth Tuesday nights. Um, but that again, all that information is online. But if you just want to get on with them and have a, a chat support group, that's an avenue you can choose. There's things out there if you search it out. Um, so I think what I'm hearing from you is search for things. I was going to say get search, support. Yes. Get yeah. the support. And yeah. if it's not the woman seeking that support, if there if there's a listener here that they know of a woman that's really struggling, help her get the support right. as right. much as you can. Right. Um, help guide her through that because if she's recently gone through that traumatic, you know, the grief is so strong that it, she's just getting up to shower yes, and yes. eat. And, and, and I think you, you have to, you have to work through the grief mm -hmm. and you can, one of my, one of our share moms said, you have to go through the yuck and muck. You have to go through it. And she said, it took me a year till I felt like I really kind of had a handle on it and I could really move forward. Um, because otherwise you're going to stay, like they say, stay stuck. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to stay there. You want to move forward with your life, learning how to, um, for this event, for this tragic thing to be a part of who you are now, but can change you for good things. It can Absolutely. change you and motivate you to good things. Absolutely. And that's what I think support can help you do uh, from somewhere good support from somebody and maybe i should reframe that don't force force that support on them make sure that support is helping them when they're ready for it right, right. i think we have to yeah. be ready i think so but yes. if that woman has said <clears throat> i need you know mm -hmm. some help mm -hmm. that's the time to step in and help right her. i one of my one of our mother's has been attending our support group for probably two years, mm -hmm. but her loss was three years ago. And oh. it took her a year to finally say, okay, I'm ready for that now. So everybody's different. Yeah. Some people will be there within weeks to that first support group. And in that case, it was a whole year before mm -hmm. she took that step. So everybody's different and that's okay. You know, that's I, okay. I think that's key is to, yeah. to be aware that everybody is is different and they grieve uh, different in different ways. Yes. Um, yeah. Different time frames, but as long as it's healthy, they're grieving right. in a healthy way. Yes. Yes. It's all okay. Yes. Absolutely. I agree with you. So I um, thoroughly, of course, enjoyed our conversation <laughs> again. Yeah. I know that the listeners um, will get a lot of value benefit out of mm -hmm. what you've shared with them today. And so thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad I could do it. Thanks. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much, Barb, for coming on and sharing with us so much information about the SHARE organization there at Anderson Hospital and also the SHARE organization that is national and international. I wanted to share their website, which is nationalshare.org. If you need to find a chapter um, in your area, research there and you will find tons and tons of information like Barb indicated. 
to help you and support you. If you're here locally, of course, reach out to Barb. And also she mentioned an event coming up and then we do have a deadline. She does have a deadline of September 1st. So to reach out to her, um, either regard, regarding that event or any other purposes, her email is B at andersonhospital.org. So that is D-O-N-A-H-U-E-B, Barb, at andersonhospital.org. And if you have found any information here that is helpful for you or someone that you might know, please share this podcast, subscribe, and give us a review. But like I said, most importantly, share this with someone that it can help. If you are interested in connecting with myself, please reach out to me via Facebook through Women Connect and Support or by email. And my email is Teresa, and that's T-E-R-E-S-A dot womenconnect2019 at gmail.com. And all of this information is in the show notes. And I just want to remind you um, and encourage you to always share your story like Barb indicated. It's so powerful and will always inspire other people and give them hope so that they know that they are not alone. And we are here to connect with you and to give you support through this most difficult time of your life.